Jesus said, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, this week, we're taking a look at some of the characteristics of little children that, that Jesus wants us to emulate. Uh, yes, they trust. Yes, they're helpless on their own. Um, but today, I want to take a look at the characteristic that children have this desire to please their parents because of how grateful they are. Um, tell me I'm not the only one that, that's experienced this, that, that, that pure joy of a child that wants to please you. So maybe you're watching TV and your child's working on an art project in the kitchen all afternoon and they have to come and show you their masterpiece. And who's the center of their masterpiece? Well, you are. Or, or you're working on a project and you ask your child to go get a tool and they hop right up and, and, and go get the tool. Why? Because they want to please you. Um, because they're grateful for what you've done for them. Um, the same is true when it comes to us and our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We, we have a desire to please our Father in heaven. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So in view of God's mercy, what else could we possibly do but want to please our Father in heaven? That's exactly what a child would do. Why is it then that we get disappointed when we put time and effort into something and God doesn't bless it the way we want him to? Why is it that we get frustrated when God takes a blessing that we had away from us, like, a, like maybe a person or, or a job or, or a, a, a thing that we treasured? But why is it that we are so quick to puff up with pride when, when something does go well? Is it because we want to offer our whole lives as a living sacrifice or only the parts we want to part with? Well, let's explore Paul's picture here for a second. Let's go to worship. You brought the kids with you to your worship and, uh, and, you're, and you're taking them to the temple. And the youngest ones among them, they start to cry because they see you leading the, the best little lamb away from your flock and you take it to the priest. Uh, the priest inspects it. It, it. it doesn't have any blemishes. It, it's a good lamb. It'll do. You place your hand on top of the lamb's head and in your mind, you, you envision pictures of you and your wife and your son and your daughter and the sacrifice that will one day be made for you and you're at peace, making your next act easy, almost involuntary. The knife in your hand slides across the lamb's throat and you watch as his wool turns from, from white to red. You've done your part. And now the priest quickly captures the, the lifeblood of that lamb into a bowl and you see as the priest is splashing that blood on all sides of the altar, and you begin to smell in the air that stench of, of burnt skin and hair as your lamb is now being burnt until it's nothing left but ash. In fact, the fire will be kept burning all night until to assure that there's nothing that remains. You just made a burnt offering. And the seemingly crazy thing about this offering is that you didn't have to do it. That God never mandated it. Um, there is no payment for sin in it. Instead, a burnt offering, what Paul is talking about here, is something that shows total devotion to God. It's the offering that doesn't seem to make any sense because you don't have to do it, but you want to. And some people might say, but why? Well, there again, go back to the altar. This time, go to the altar of the cross and take a look at the sacrifice there. It's not pure and spotless and, and, and without blemish. No, it looks beaten and bruised and bloody. Yet, as the Son of God, Jesus knew what he wanted. Not offerings, not sacrifices. He wanted you. 
And so he was willing to place himself on that altar and completely be consumed for you. He cleared off all the dead carcasses of sacrifices off the altar so that he could place you there as his one living sacrifice that could be a living sacrifice until the day he calls you home to heaven. Now that is mercy. That is God paying your price for sin and saying, see, we're at peace. There's no price to pay. That's mercy. Now in view of that mercy, what do you want to do? Like a child, desire to please your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help me to see your sacrifice for me as the motivation to want to please our Father in heaven. Amen.